Awesome. So welcome to another Soul and Fire podcast with Cedar Party. Right on. Um, we've got five minutes. So um, tell us something spiritual. What does spiritual mean? Oh man, <laughs> what does spiritual mean? What a great question. Whatever you want it to mean, really, right? What does spiritual mean? Mm. Um, wow, what a deep question because, you know, what is, what's the Sanskrit word for spiritual from Bhagavad Gita? Because whenever I go to these topics, like, I like to go back to the source in Bhagavad Gita and speak from there. And you don't find the word spiritual in there. Spiritual. I mean, you find it in the translations of various places, right? But, like, the divine, maybe, the divine and demoniac nature, Divya, mm -hmm. um, Sura and Asuras, um... Krishna says, Aham Sarvasya Prabhava, I am the source, Prabhupada translates it as, I am the source of all spiritual material worlds. Mm. But of course, it, what it literally says, Aham Sarvasya Prabhava, I am the source of everything. Mm -hmm. Everything. What's spiritual and what's not spiritual. So, I mean, the way Prabhupada would, would describe that is that spiritual is anything in relation to its source, in relation to Krishna. And then a thing is not spiritual when it's considered not in its relation to Krishna. And so, you know, we say that's actually an illusion. Mm -hmm. Like there actually is nothing that is not spiritual because it's all Krishna's energy. He says that, you know, this is my Mamaivam Sho Jiva Loke Jiva Bhuta Sanatana. That um, all these spiritual sparks, parts and parcels are eternally part of me. And then he, he also in Bhagavad Gita says that I have another. And here's I have an inferior nature, these eight separated energies. Um, you know, the earth, air, fire, water, ether, mind, intelligence, and false ego, and that there's another superior energy. So one way you can look at it is that there's a material body that we have in the mind. We both have a body and a mind, but we experience having a body and having a mind. Right. But there's something that has the body, something that experiences the body, like now I got like a 40 something year old body. I used to have a 20 year old something body. Once, you know, I have memories at least that I had a five year old body at some point, but those bodies and minds are gone. Similarly, this one that I have now will also be gone. But I'll still be here. You know, it's the same for you, it's the same for anyone. That they experience having a body and mind that's like I'm going to go home tonight, I'm going to take my t shirt off, you know, I'll go to bed, I'll get up tomorrow. I'll probably put the same one back on, or I might put a different one on, right? But the point is that I'm not these clothes. I put them on and off, and they're not me. They're separate from me. And in the same way, the body and the mind are also separate from me. I change my mind all the time. You know, my body changes continually over time. Um, but I'm still here. So what is that thing that doesn't change? It's like the conscious experiencer of what is experience. So that's one way you can look at it, that that is what is spiritual. And it's a great, you know, a great question that Atato Brahma Jigyasa is how the Vedanta Sutra starts. Mm. Like, now let us inquire into what is Brahman. And those uh, Sankhya philosophers, they, they do it by going, it's not this, it's not this, it's not this, neti neti. The mm. process of elimination. It's not the body, it's not the mind, it's not your thoughts, it's not your feelings. So what is it? It's something that's not any of those things. It's a process of negation. So you end up in this situation where it's not anything that you can put your hands on it's nothing you can describe later in the Vedanta Sutra it says the, the Brahman is that going towards which the mind and the thoughts turn away and come back 
Like they can never achieve it. You can never capture it in speaking. You can never right. capture it in thought. Um, but then the bhakti yogis have like a kind of a different approach to it. I mean, it encapsulates that. But this idea is one that anything that is used in the service of Krishna, in the service of the Supreme, in the service of the Source, becomes spiritual because it's relocated in its actual constitutional relationship with reality. Mm. Whereas the material conception, we could call it that, is like, I am the controller, aham aham bogi, I'm the enjoyer of these things, I'm going to try to get more things for myself and everybody's in competition for limited material resources and then you die. And you lose all of it anyway, and it's all meaningless, ultimately. So from a bhakti yoga perspective, spiritual means to use things in the service of Krishna, to understand who is Krishna, who is the source, and to use them in his service. No. That this body is um, a network of senses, paths, the paths, the senses are a network of paths leading to death. And then that song by Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur, Samsara Davanada Lira Loka, that this world is a blazing forest fire. That's one view of it, right? And then there's another view from Prabodhananda Saraswati. He says, um, this, the Sanskrit eludes me right now, but it, the translation is, this world is an abode of joy. Hmm. Like everything in relation to Krishna is spiritual. Like in that stage of like complete detachment from anything, you get that you're not the body, you're not the mind. You don't have to resist it. You don't have to reject it. There's nothing to do about that. It just is what it is. And then there's Krishna, the supreme source of everything, and there's the opportunity to use these things in his service. Okay. And then um, and that 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 is that's like spiritual. Yeah. There you go. Awesome. Thank you so much for another. Q&A. Oh, what are we doing? Oh, yes! Okay, cool, brother. Okay, man. Thank you. Till next time. Yeah.